What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me. But I kept the matter in my heart. Now, we're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about an article or the theme of an article written by a friend of mine, Jameson Stewart. The link is in the show notes where you can go check out Jameson's daily blog. He is a very talented writer. He's a prolific writer, and he has some really good insights on some things. And uh, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to base the podcast off of that today. Let's get into this article. Actually, before I get into the meat of my podcast, uh, I'm letting Facebook kind of build my audience. We've got uh, folks rolling in. If you're rolling in, remember, be the algorithm, be the notification bell. Facebook's not, Facebook is not going to promote content like this. If I were polit- doing ranting and raving of a political nature, a sexual nature, or something like that, they would probably promote this content. But it's not that. So. Um, share the podcast, share the live stream, comment if you're watching, uh, let us know where you're from, let us know who you are, and we're so thankful to have you in our audience. Also, subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or TuneIn Radio, and, and several other places that uh, are, are, are amalgams of podcast platforms and stuff like that. Anyway. Let's get into um, the article. I'm pulling it up now. As I'm pulling it up, uh, be sure to support me as a podcaster. We really need the support. You can do that at www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. That money goes directly to me. It does not go to the church. It is for me personally. And right now, what I'm using this money for is to promote and and boost the post and the page for cogitations so we can build up our listener base and it's really helped a lot our we're up about 30% as far as far as downloads and stuff is concerned hello jonathan x i'm glad to have you in so here it is this is a plea to sunday morning only christians and i guess before i get into the article itself i want to share with you some insight that jameson put when he shared the post He talked about in an interview, Jordan Peterson said that in order to be able to think, we must run the risk of offending people. With that being said, we're not trying to be overly offensive. We understand that that a topic like this is by nature offensive. It is is not our goal to be offensive for, for being offensive's sake. Now, let's get right into it with that understanding. A plea to Sunday morning only Christians with the subheading, Have You Fallen Out of Love with Jesus? So, first off, and I'm going to read this and I'm going to offer my commentary as I'm reading. First, let me be clear about who this plea is not for. And I think this gets into the paradox of preaching, by the way. Those who need it the least will be affected by it the most, and those who need it the most will be affected by it the least. And and if you have comments or anything like that, by all means, make those comments, and I'll read them as I get uh, back into 
uh, the place where I can read your comments. It is not for the Christian whose health prevents them from assembling. This plea is not for Christians who cannot come because they are caring for a sick family member or family member with failing health. It is not for Christians whose job kept them away from the assembly despite their best efforts to be here. It is not for the Christian who had something unexpected happen that prevented them from being there with the brethren. Now, there may be other scenarios I'm overlooking, but hopefully you get where I'm coming from. This is a plea to Christians who decide not to assemble with their brothers and sisters in Christ outside of Sunday. They make other plans, or they decide they want to do something else instead. This is a plea for you if that describes you. Now, let's talk about this for a moment. First off, as I was typing this in, I wanted to make sure. I couldn't remember where the, where the scripture was where Jesus talked about an ox uh, falling into a ditch. So Luke chapter 14. In fact, let's just turn there in my, in my uh, New Testament here. Let's go to Luke chapter 14, and let's read. Now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they watched him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus answered, and, and Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent, and he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them, saying, Which of you, having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit, will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So he told a parable to those who were invited He note, when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, now, the, the parable doesn't have anything, I don't think, to do with what he was teaching about the donkey falling into the well, into the ditch. I think what people do sometimes, and, and this is for, first off, if you have a health situation that permits you from assembling, you are not in, you're not in violation of Scripture. You're going to be able to stand innocent before God on the day of judgment. But what about... Um, and if you're caring for the sick or something to that effect. But I want to notice this, this number three here, this third bullet point. It's not for Christians. This plea is not for Christians whose job kept them away from the assembly despite their best efforts to be there. That doesn't mean that you're excused if you willingly take a job that makes you work during worship times where you couldn't otherwise sacrifice or budget or penny pinch and take a lower-paying job where you could meet on Sunday. For instance, it may be, and in retail sales a lot of times, um, if you're willing to work all of the time scheduled that other people are not willing to work, you're Johnny on the spot, you typically get a promotion, and you get pay raises when other people don't. The most retail companies that I know of offer merit raises along with a yearly, um, with a yearly uh, inflation raise. That being said, 
Where is your trust? What's your priority? If I if I if my boss comes to me and says, "Hey, I'm going to give you a promotion that comes $25,000 a year, but you cannot worship with the saints." Now he's not going to say this. It's going to he's going to say it in such a way as you have to work nights and weekends, you have to work 12-hour shifts on Sunday from 7 to 7, and you'll never be able to worship with the saints. You'll never be able to assemble with them. As a Christian, can you take that job and still pleasing still be pleasing to God? The 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 answer might be, well, you know, if your if your uh donkey falls in a ditch, are you not going to pull him out? God's not going to judge me for missing the assembly because that's my job. You're not required to take that job. In fact, Matthew chapter six, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. These things are the provision from God. You don't need that $25,000 a year extra. In fact, you're kind of selling your soul for twenty-five grand a year. It's not going to cut it on the day of judgment if you say, well, you know, we've got two cars, we've got a bass boat, we've got a house that is beyond our means, so I've got to work this overtime because they offer triple time on Sunday. I'm just hauling my ox out of a ditch. The scripture, the, the illustration that Jesus, is, Jesus uses, uses is, how many of you having an ox who fell in a ditch wouldn't straightway go and get him out? He didn't say, how many of you would go and put your ox in a ditch so that you could go get him out? Do you see where the difference is there? So this plea from this article is not for you if something happens and you have to work a job on Sunday and you have to provide for your family. In other words, God's not going to make you choose between providing for your family, that if you don't do that, you'd be worse than an infidel, and going to worship assembly. All right? However, if you are missing worship assembly to work a, work a job that allows you certain creature comforts, then your priorities are not where they need to be, and this plea is for you. Okay, I just wanted to just wanted to say that. Now, first off, this plea is for you. If these things describe you, if you willfully miss and you otherwise could attend, let's go. Do you know that we miss you? Maybe no one lets you know, but did you know that we miss you when you aren't with us? We miss getting to worship with you to study God's Word alongside you and to stand around after worship ends and talk with you. You encourage us, and we need your encouragement. And I would add, you, you need ours. You may not think that you are very important or that no one will miss you if you aren't there, but that's not the case. Every member of the Lord's body, His Church, Ephesians 1, 22-23, matters a great deal. Just go read 1 Corinthians 12, 12-27. You know, my body has a pinky toe that nobody ever sees. It's not particularly comely. I still don't want to chop it off. I still greatly value my pinky toe. You mean so much to us, and we miss you tremendously when you decide not to be together with us. 
something to consider. Are you only giving your bare minimum to God? Since I'm not the Lord and I don't know everything in your mind, I don't know for certain if you are only offering to God the bare minimum. It's possible for a Christian to be at church every time the doors are open and still only give God the bare minimum. I know that. I've seen it before. I've been guilty of that myself at times. Is it possible that your decision to skip out on being with your brethren other than Sunday morning is a symptom of a significant spiritual problem in your life? Is it possible that you have become like Israel in treating the worship of God like a weariness and a burden and offer only your leftovers to Him? Malachi 1, 6-14 Are you examining yourself to see whether you are in the faith? 2 Corinthians 13, 5 It's a good question, folks. Are you only giving your bare minimum? God wants more than your bare minimum. It is possible that your decision to skip out on being with your brethren other than Sunday morning is a symptom of a significant spiritual problem. Just something to think about. Next question. Have you fallen out of love with Jesus? And that's really the big one. As I've grown as a child of God, I've come to realize that all I do for Him should be motivated in part, by my love for him. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 15. Jesus rebuked the church in Ephesus and commanded them to repent because they had abandoned the love they had at first. Revelation 2, 4. I know it's possible to be at church every time the doors are open and still have fallen out of love with the Lord. But is it possible that your decision to do other things than to be with your brothers and sisters shows that you have fallen out of love with your Savior? Our love for each other is motivated by our love for God and obedience to His commands. 1 John 5, 2-3 Is the love for Jesus Christ still there, or are you only going through the motions? You know, I never really know what to say to Christians who choose not to be with their brothers and sisters in Christ. I do understand that it's not always easy. I hope that what I've said encourages you to think about the decision you've been making. Is this really the decision that lines up with who you are? Is this the kind of decision that you want to make a lifetime impact on your children? will always be thrilled to see you and be with you because you mean that much to us. So, I have a hard time with this, folks. I I, I admittingly have a very hard time with this. As a gospel preacher, I'm supposed to reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. How can I encourage, how can I I help people and, and encourage people who only show up on Sunday morning? Like, and, and they'll be excited. And I'm like, how can you be excited to be here? You're not coming back on Sunday night and Wednesday night. Why is that? You're a Sunday morning only Christian. You ain't like the rest of us. 
And many of these people, they want to be, you know, in a congregation in lieu of elders, you'll have, you have men who are Sunday morning only Christians, and they want to be part of the men's meetings and help make the decisions to lead the church in lieu of elders. And I'm like, there, there's no way. And it's hard for me to help them because I'm like, how, how, how can you, how can you, how can you expect me to be an encourager to you and make you feel good about Christianity when you're a Sunday morning only Christian? And the response is, well, I'm busy. I've got a job. I've got this, that, and the other. Then maybe you need to cull some of what's in your life. You know, one of the reasons I'm a gospel preacher is because I was working at a retail sales organization and I was in management. And the nature of my contract, they changed it to where I had to work every other Sunday for eight months out of the year. And I'm like, that's too much. So I started landscaping for $10 an hour cash. And one of the deacons at the Greenfield Church of Christ asked me about it. And he said, oh, no, we're, you're not going to do that. We're going to send you to the Memphis School of Preach. And I looked at him. I said, well, you're nuts. <laughs> that, that, that'll never work. I can't go to the Memphis School of Preaching. Well, I graduated in 2015. They did send me to the Memphis School of Preaching. But, but the, and I, know, I know not everybody can nor even should do what I did. But if you have a job that's keeping you from assembling with the saints other than Sunday morning, then you need to figure out what's in your life and what you're holding on to that's keeping you from being fully bought in. And I know that sounds harsh. And I know the, the knee-jerk reaction is to be like, well, Tony, you just don't understand. And I'm like, contraire, mon frere, I sure do understand. I'm a human being just like you. I'm a, I'm a man. You may be a woman, but I'm, I teach from a male perspective. So I'm a man just like you. I'm a husband. I'm a father just like you. And I've been there and I've done that. And even when I was training horses, I was, um, I was making several hundred dollars a month more by coming in and feeding on Sundays. And here's the thing. I didn't even have to miss church to do it. I could get up early and go feed and, and tend the, the stables and then come back and, and be there in time enough for worship. But it was affecting my time at worship because, well, what if we had an emergency I had to miss? What if, um, you know, something unforeseen happened like, you know, there was a horse down and I had to get her up and I had to put my hand, put my, you know, you know, you understand what I'm saying. It was just, so I, it got to where that I would go do this and then I would come in and I would actually take my boots off at the door. And there's been times at the Mount Zion Church of Christ where I led singing or I waited on the table or even taught a Bible class uh, in my sock feet because of the, and I decided it wasn't worth it because it was affecting the quality of what I was able to give God. And that several hundred dollars a month extra, I just did without. I just did without. Uh, Soli put it in the, you know, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God's going to take care of you. Now, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about this paradox for a moment. Those who need it the least will be affected by it the most, and those who need it the most will be affected by it the least. If, 
Well, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to call her Sister Spencer. That, that's all you need to know her by. Um, her husband was, was homebound. And I was in her house, and she wept. And she basically asked me, do you think God is going to be okay for, with me not assembling with the saints? Because I'm taking care of my husband. I'm trying not to get too specific because I don't want to just let everybody know who it is and who I'm talking about. Some people are going to know. Um, but anyway, she was weeping. And I'm like, oh, sister. Yes. God, I, I know the Bible enough to know that God's going to forgive you, especially with that attitude. You see, the people he's not going to forgive is the people who say, you know what? Uh, my, my ox is in a ditch. And, and now the ox that's in the ditch is the sports car that they have that's got an $800 a month payment and they got to work overtime to pay that thing off. The ox that's in the ditch is the fact that they have an extra vehicle that they can't afford. The ox that's in the ditch is they have more house than they can afford. The ox that's in the ditch is they don't know how to live within their means, and they say, you know what, I've got to, I've got to haul my ox out of a ditch. i got to work this overtime. Well, you're the one that put the ox in the ditch. And if you don't follow Matthew 6.33 and trust to, that God will provide, and you don't be a little bit frugal and you don't set yourself up for seeking God the way a human being is supposed to seek God, then your missing is not going to go well for you. And you're going to say, hey, Lord, I, I did many wonderful works. I did these things you wanted me to do. I gave them my means. Nobody gave as much as I did. Well, yeah, but I never saw you. I don't know you. You see where I'm going with that? Actually, I went. You see where I went with that? A gospel preacher can preach a sermon on Sunday morning about attendance, and the people who are not going to come back are not going to be affected by it at all, and the people who are going to be there on the Sunday night and the Wednesday night, they're going to, in tears, shake his hand as they go out the door, promising him and promising God they'll do better. What's the solution? I don't know. Maybe you can help me with my attitude about these Sunday morning Christians. I, I almost want to take the hard stance that if, you're, if you only come on Sunday morning, then you need to be treated like a heathen. You need to, you need to be treated like, a, well, what's the, now I can't think of the, hold on a second. Let me go to Matthew chapter 18, 15 and following. Give me just a second. I'll do this. Yeah. A heathen and a tax collector, Matthew chapter 18, verse 17. If you're only there on Sunday morning, I almost think that you ought to be treated like a heathen and a tax collector would be treated in the first century here. You know, you, you don't get to lead singing. You don't get to wait on the table. You don't, get, you don't get to lead public prayer. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here on Sunday morning. But you don't get to participate like the people that are fully bought in. Maybe, maybe that's too harsh. Maybe, maybe you help me mitigate that attitude. 
actually, I, I would also offer this challenge. Show me scripture that would tell me I'm wrong for feeling this way. Now, I know I need help with the, with the being jaded. I know I need help with, with how to encourage these people to be more bought in. But once you encourage them to the point and they just keep saying, nah, nah, don't care. How do you treat them after they after it goes on so long? Where's the point where, where the forbearing ends and the discipline begins? Because we are authorized to discipline people in this situation. I mean, that's just a it's just I, I'm 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 being open and vulnerable here. I'd love to know. But I love this article by Jameson Stewart. Uh, in fact, it's centeredonchrist.substack.com. A plea to Sunday morning only Christians. Have you fallen out of love with Jesus? Do you know that we miss you? Are you only giving your bare minimum? Have you fallen out of love with Jesus? And I'm going to read the conclusion. I never really know what to say to Christians who choose not to be with their brethren in Christ. I do understand that it's not always easy. I hope that what I've said encourages you to think about the decision you've been making. Is this really the decision that lines up with who you are? Is this the kind of decision you want to make a lifetime impact on your children? And we'll always be thrilled to see you and be with you because you mean that much to us. And quite frankly, we love you and we want you to go to heaven. And we're scared that if you're just a Sunday morning Christian, you're going to get to the day of judgment and you're going to be sorely disappointed and you're going you're going to be ashamed and we don't want that to happen i wouldn't want that to happen to my worst enemy much less somebody i love all right thank you so much for tuning in i look forward to the comments i am sincere in maybe y'all can help me help other people because i am severely lacking here and that's all i've got this has been Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Cogitations is a podcast you can find on, on Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and somewhere else, Apple Podcast. Now, if you can, consider supporting me financially near churches, www.patreon.com forward slash near churches. And if not, just keep sharing the episode, sharing the podcast. So, Lee, Jonathan, thank you for your comments. And uh, this has been Tony Birth Cogitations, and we'll catch you on the flip side.